0: Blog Talk Radio. Oh,
1: yeah, back at it again. We're on air with another edition of the NFL Draft Bible Player Spotlight Show. We just jump right into the things, the nitty gritty. Woo! Super Bowl morning. The day after, the dust has settled. The 2017 season is over. The 2018 offseason has officially begun. The All Star Circuit has wrapped it up. It's almost combine time, and you know how we get down here at the NFL Draft Bible Can't Stop, Won't Stop action. Oh, we're just getting started, baby. All right, seeing the place to be. Rick Saratella here, kind of like it is when it comes to the NFL draft since 2002. Oh, baby, you know how we do. Man, we got so much good stuff coming at you. Uh, NFL draft Bible's on fire. We got a a new look site coming on the way. You're going to love that. We've got Path to the Draft, behind-the-scenes videos documenting draft prospects and their journeys. Combine. Training, NFL draft preparation, on-location analysis. Who were the money makers at the All-Star games? Is still up there on the website. In-depth scouting reports. Nobody has more scouting reports than the NFLDraftBible.com. Exclusive interviews on location. Joe Everett crushing it down in Mobile with with new interviews. We're still loading them up. Coming up every day on the website. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter at NFL Draft Bible. And today. We've got a real treat for you. We've got a special show. We've got a live on-air mock draft. Yes, that's right. Now we've got all 32 slots pegged. We know where everybody's picking, who, what, when, where, and why. My co-hosts are going to join me to break it all down as to who can go where and what, why, and how. So let's do this. Let's welcome in the stars of the show, the executive director of college football scouting. He is Joe Everett. He never leaves a stone unturned, and you can follow him on Twitter, at Joe W. Everett.
0: Joe Welcome to the Big Show. Hey, good to be on. Great game. Uh, a lot of points, some bad defense, but hey, it, it was a good time half by all.
1: Well, they're still celebrating in <coughs> Philadelphia. I can hear them screaming Eagles all the way up the turnpike here in New Jersey and uh, looking forward to being on location for that celebration. But first, we got to welcome in Justin Gamble. Dropping a hammer on him, our director of college football scouting out there, In Colorado, he joins us right now on the Premier Athlete Advisors Hotline. Check out premierathleteadvisors.com. Justin, how are you today? It's
2: draft season, baby. Super Bowl's over. Draft season. It's official, baby. Let's get
1: this party started. (laughs) Like I said... We're gonna break it down for you. We're gonna go one through thirty-two. We're gonna do a a live on-air mock draft, and I know you're all pumped up for it because I can't even, I can't even sit still in my own chair. So I can only imagine how you guys are feeling out there. So, but first, we got to break it down with a quick look at how the teams were built, how they got there, the Eagles and the Patriots, and you know, taking an interesting look at some of the teams here. Some notes that I came up with, fellas. The draft and free agency, it looks just about, you know, half and half, maybe a little slanted towards the draft. But, you know, free agency also involves the undrafted free agent. So it could be a little bit deceiving. But from an Eagles standpoint, uh, 21 total picks, uh, 21 total players selected via the draft, 10 starters, Then they acquired 29 players through free agency or waivers, another 10 starters there. They acquired three players via trade and got two starters there. And we take a look at the Patriots. They drafted 19 players currently on their roster, 12 of them starters, 27 players via free agency or waivers. A lot of those undrafted free agent guys, again, like a Deion Lewis, and uh, eight of those guys we're starting Uh, the Patriots, one of the more active teams trading acquired seven players and two of those starters. And I think the one thing, when you take a look at the Patriots roster, it's always evolving Um, seven of the key contributors on that defensive side of the ball. I don't think they were even with the team uh, or really had much of a role at the beginning of the season. So a lot of, you know, new faces along the way for the Patriots, whereas the Eagles, you know, Howie Roseman had to bite his pride take a backseat to Chip Kelly, come back for Roseman version 2.0 last year and basically undo all of Chip Kelly's mistakes. But, you know, Harry Roseman um, adding a lot of key pieces, Alshon Jeffrey, uh, 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 Darby at corner, Ajayi via trades, uh, going after LeGarrette Blunt instead of the Giants getting him. He goes to the Eagles and Chris Long, of course, we know that story. But 13 new starters. Since Howie Roseman uh, took over in 2016, he got my vote for executive of the year. And I think it was downright disgraceful and embarrassing that Doug Peterson only received two coaches or two votes for coach of the year. But I'll toss it over to you. Justin, we'll start off with you this week. Taking a look at the Eagles Patriots, what stands out to you in terms of team building and chemistry here?
2: I think the first thing, especially after last night, is the trenches on both sides of the ball. The Eagles offense ran the ball at will. The offensive line completely dominated. It set up the play-action game. It kept them you know, ahead of the chains constantly. I think Nick Foles is only, he had that one third and 12 that he made a great throw on. But other than that, I mean, it felt like they were kind of controlling the tempo and the yardage the entire game. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I know Brady only got sacked once and it was the big strip sack, but... He was shuffling and, you know, moving through that pocket all game, trying to find windows and trying to get that ball out. You know, Fletcher Cox and Vinny Curry, Derek Barnett, Brandon Graham, those guys were bringing it to him all game. And the fact that Brady's, defensive, or Brady's offensive line was, you know, injured a little bit, but also it's not the strength of their team, it kind of showed. And then on the defensive side of the ball for the Patriots, their D-line, unless they sold out for the run, they really couldn't stop the run. Um, and I think – you know, we always say build you know, build up front first and deep and games are won in the trenches. I think last night showed that because you had a backup quarterback in Nick Foles, takes down Tom Brady, the GOAT, and Tom Brady threw for five hundred and five yards, I believe, and three touchdowns with no interceptions. When do you see a stat line like that where that guy lost the game? I mean, it just came down to the time of possession and the, the tempo of the game and the way they were the Eagles were able to stay ahead, man. It, I just think I've always felt you have to build up front first on both sides of the ball, and I think last night proved that.
1: Yeah, the old philosophy, build from the inside out, and the rest, you know, will take care of its place. But, you know, you mentioned Brady going wild, 500 passing yards. But at the end of the day, gentlemen, if you can dominate the line of scrimmage on both sides of the football, if you have a stout defense, which – I don't know if you could say that the, the the defense was stout for the Eagles last night, but it goes back to running the football. These guys are averaging six and a half yards per carry, um, big chunks of yardage and controlling the clock. I mean, listen, uh, I am not surprised. And, you know, the other thing is I was at both of these teams training camps and, you know, uh, getting to be at like six or seven training camps, you see the different approach, the different styles. Doug Peterson uh, won a lot of respect from me when I went and visited Phil- Philadelphia training camp, Joe, because these guys were so aggressive, they were hitting harder than any training camp I've ever been to. And guys like you know, Deuce Staley setting the tone, the just great assistant coaches, um, Doug Peterson, the second head coach, and uh, uh, or the 18th coach in the history of the NFL to take his team to the Super Bowl within the first two years. And he did it calling his own plays, Joe. Nobody's done that since Mike McCarthy. Uh, A lot on his plate. He is the CEO. He is the play caller. But break it down, your thoughts on what Justin said and your thoughts
0: on the Eagles-Patriots team building. I agree with you guys in the trenches. That's where they were. They were getting pressure. And that's what counts. I mean, especially first half, they establish that tone, and the the UDFA's, you know, you have to make those work, but where it's uh, the difference this year in building that team, I think, was Jernigan adding him to the rotation. No, he's not Fletcher Cox, but when you take him out and he gets spelled uh, to get a blow, uh, Jernigan, who is a, a front-line player, I mean, he was great for Baltimore, and he would be the, the arguably the best defensive tackle on another team. So uh, in Jim Schwartz's heavy rotation, you're looking at the perfect fit for a guy to throw in there uh, with some fresh legs, and then they still got – Bo Allen. I think it's the depth established up front. And, uh, yeah, Howie Roseman building that team. I think those trades, they they all paid off in spades, really. And, really, it's uh, drafting to your strengths and what you're going to do. I think that's what they did the best of was uh, surrounding, uh, whether it be Wentz, whether it be Foles, it doesn't really matter because in that more college-esque style of offense, uh, you've got – Talented wide receiver. just I think Aguilar is one heck of a player. He just kind of finally played up to where he was supposed to be, and Toy Smith getting it done. But even those running backs, they all have really special skill sets there. Uh, I can't believe the receiver, Corey Clement has turned into. Uh, we just didn't see this. It wasn't part of uh, that offense at the time for him. I mean, they've used Wale, uh, I think, uh, in the receiving game more than Clement. But, wow, he's developed into some kind of pass catcher. So, impressive job of building the team. But I will have to stress, this is some of the worst defense I've seen in any Super Bowl. All those corners are horrible and uh, <laughs> Malcolm Butler's benching is still, like, why you you just put Malcolm Butler in one snap of special teams, he must have really pissed in somebody's Cheerios there. This isn't just an illness. This isn't just an injury, like – He's sitting there emotional before the game starts because someone told him, "Like, no man, you you effed up. Uh, you're having a seat." And that that to me is the biggest mystery of this this game. I really do believe that would have changed some things. I mean, this guy's a much better corner than Eric Rowe who got in there, and I still think Eric Rowe's a safety. But uh, yeah, just bad corner play, bad tackling. Uh, I mean, Keystone cops out there on some plays. So that's what I would stress. Now, Philadelphia can't take anything away from them. They did what they were supposed to do. But, boy, this is the worst Patriots defense I think we've seen in some time. This is the bad, uh, horrible vintage. And then Matt Patricia, hey, Detroit Lions fans, you got a guy with a number two pencil writing on a laminate play sheet. I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> Well, the mass exodus Uh, has already
1: begun in New England, and, you know, the writing was on the wall with that number two pencil, literally, because everybody's focus on the coaching staff, at least, seems to be in other priorities, other areas, other teams, other organizations. And to battle through the last two weeks and get through this game, it had to have been mentally tolling, time uh, delegation uh, all over the place. But, you know, Billy Belichick may be his ego getting in the way a little bit there uh, with the benching of Butler. So one last point I'd like to make is the Eagles. One thing about the 2018 NFL, I will say, is that quarterbacks – Rule out more than ever not only just one But you need to have multiple you need to stack Your quarterback now you can never have Enough good quarterbacks and when You know when Doug Peterson came To Philadelphia Sam Bradford Was already in place they signed Chase Daniel someone who was <laughs> familiar with this Offense placeholder they drafted Carson Wentz uh, Chase Daniel leaves. They bring in Nick Foles 7 million guaranteed folks 7 million guaranteed That turns out to be a genius move and when I look around the league and you, t- and you take a look at the team they beat, the Minnesota Vikings, they went through Case Keenum, a, a Sam Bradford, Teddy Bridgewater, it, you know, whatever it took to get there, they were there. Even last year when Brady went down, they had J- Jimmy Garoppolo, J- uh, Jacoby Brissett. These guys had to step in at different points in time and hold the court. And, and I, honestly – this is why Jacksonville is not in the game because they don't have a quarterback. And I think that you know this exercise we're about to do right now with the live on-air mock draft is going to show you the value and importance of quarterbacks because I know just looking at the teams that I'm responsible for selecting for, there's a handful of teams. There's a lot of teams. There's almost a third of the teams in the league that need another quarterback or a starting quarterback. And one last point is, 38% of the NFL is consisted of undrafted free agents. In case you didn't know that, that's nearly 40% of the league. Just to give you a little bit of perspective on how valuable undrafted free agents are. Now, with that being said, baby, set the alarm. It's a fire drill, and we're not on the streets of Philadelphia. No, we're right here at the NFL Draft Bible Radio Show with your host, Rick Saratella, Joe Everett. Justin Gamble, we're going to go around the horn. Our live on air mock draft. Yes, 1 through 32. We have the full draft order going now, baby. So let's do it. Let's do it right. If it ain't tight, it ain't right, as my man Joe Everett always says. So, Joe, (laughs) listen, John Dorsey bringing in Scott McClellan now as an advisor yesterday. The news came out there. Of course, we've talked about uh, Elliot Wolfe and Alonzo Highsmith and the front office that the Cleveland Browns are putting in place. Some very smart talent evaluators here going on. Uh, you're going to set things off with the number one pick, Joe. Cleveland Browns are now on the clock. Take it away.
0: I love that front office they're putting together there. A lot of Packers flavor. Um, McLuhan in that mix. Got a ton of respect for them, so uh, hopefully I don't mess this up for him, but it's got to be one of two. It's Rosen or Darnold. Uh, you, you get your quarterback, and then uh, as the the example you were kind of setting, Rick, you find that veteran that's capable behind him, but um, uh, got to pick one of these Pack uh, Pack 12 players and Since I'm in charge of the pick, you guys already know where I'm going. Uh, Super Sammy, that fiery redhead, uh, I think uh, that's where they need, too, because what if Joe Thomas doesn't come back? And, like, you know, they have to fix the offensive tackle position, too. You're going to have pressure. And they've spent a lot of money in this offensive line and still haven't blocking nobody. Uh, Zeitler has basically been a paperweight uh, for all the money they spend on him so uh you have to have a quarterback with some mobility that's what sam brings he's got the escapability i think this is this is the the choice plus the Let's not forget Hugh Jackson and his affinity for USC and that program and their quarterbacks. He uh, had a man crush on Carson uh, Palmer and uh, traded all those first rounders when he was uh, with the Raiders. They, he drafted Cody Kessler. They've drafted a lot of USC players. So I think that's uh, that's why I'd go Darnold with one. And then, you know, Brown's sitting there at four, fired up to pick again.
1: Well, we knew we knew you were going there, Joe. Those of us who listened to the show in the past know you have <laughs> a man crush on uh, Sammy D and the place to be. So, Joe Everett, getting things started with our first overall selection in our live on-air Mock draft. It's a money making Monday, the day after the Super Bowl here, and we'll be coming back around again for Joe and his number four selection that the Browns hold via the Houston Texans. But first, we got to go over to Justin Gamble for his selection of the New York Giants, who are here in my backyard, and David Gettleman, the new GM on board, uh, Pat Shermer, the new head coach on board, Eli Manning, the star of the Super Bowl commercials yesterday seems to be the guy they're going to move forward. Let's see what Justin's approach will be with the Giants number two selection, Justin. This is tough,
2: man. Cause you know, I think Shermer is going to get some better. It's going to get some more years out of Eli. Um, they took Davis Webb in the second round last year or two years, whatever, two years. I don't remember. One of the last two years. Um, I, I, Personally, I wouldn't pass up on the chance to have Shermer develop Rosen and kind of put him in the spot to succeed. But I do think they're going to get the best out of Eli. I think Edelman's going to roll with Eli and, you know, look for a quarterback next year. Um, Going back to the Giants when they were dominant, it was all about the pass rush and, you know, getting things done up front. I think this is the time when they need to take a pass rusher to get that going again. And Bradley Chubb comes off the board at number two.
1: Woo. Bradley Chubb at number two. Now, you know, the giants love to uh, stack up on pass rushers and whether or not JPP will be back. That's another story, but in case he is or isn't Chubb is going to uh, come in and make an immediate impact. He's a plug and play starter. And, uh, you know, probably a probably the best pass rusher in this year's draft, and that's why he is going number two overall to the New York Giants with their selection. Now, number three, Indianapolis Colts are on the clock. That would be me, RIC, Rick Saratella in the place to be here. Ooh, NFL Draft Bible Radio. You know, my guy is here. I'm just sitting here waiting. He's all looking pretty. And, oh, God, you know, as much as Saquon Barkley is probably the guy that most people would take and say, hey, Barkley with luck and all that good stuff, the bottom line is the Colts need some defense. They need somebody who can cover. And Minka Fitzpatrick is going to be my guy here because this was the guy I'm targeting. This is the guy I wanted. I think it's a very deep running back class. And even though I'm not getting Saquon Barkley, if I want to come back, at the top end of the second round, I could probably still get a guy like Sony Michelle from Georgia. And I'm 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 cool with that. So uh for me, it's gonna be Minka Fitzpatrick, maybe the first surprise <laughs> considering Saquon Barkley still there on the board, but let's keep it moving and let's keep it grooving. Sam Darnold to the Browns, Chubb, Bradley Chubb to the Giants second. Minka Fitzpatrick three to the Colts that would mean the Cleveland Browns are back on the clock with their pick they acquired from the Houston Texans. And here
0: to deliver the news is Joe Everett. And the Browns got to be ripping their hair out when you took Fitzpatrick for the Colts, because that. But I like that uh, idea with them, too. Uh, tandem and Hooker and, and Minka back there, look out. But uh, we'll go uh, surround the, our new Super Sammy with the talent, Saquon Barkley. Uh, I think, uh, sure, they've got um, Duke Johnson, but he's more of a receiver, gadget guy. He does great in the receiving game. They need someone who could pound it between the tackles, create his own plays. And I think just, you know, the guys that are instant coffee, Barkley sure looks like the guy that it's, he's going to hit the ground running, and uh, I, I'd be surprised if he doesn't. So uh, bring the fans in, sell some tickets, man. Uh, super offense with Sam and, and, and Saquon.
1: All right. I mean, it's hard to argue with the new Browns regime off to a new start with a new backfield, Sam Darnold and Saquon Barkley. Not a bad way to get things going in the right direction. And ever since they won the Super Bowl, the Denver Broncos have been trending in the wrong direction. And of course, that quarterback position that we talked about, so valuable. Uh, Number five, Justin, what are the Broncos going to do here?
2: Hometown team. Here we go. Um, <laughs> yeah, I keep getting so much slack from all my friends. Everybody here in Denver, actually, uh, they don't want Rosen. They don't want quarterbacks. They, so, Every quarterback you mention around here, someone's got a reason why they don't want him. I think the only guy who's picking up some steam around here is Baker Mayfield, and I think it's just because he's the easiest to cheer for. But, you know, us at NFL Draft Bob, we've done our tape work. And I don't think you could pass up Josh Rosen right here. Um, word around town is, you know, Paxton Lynch is more interested in the video games than the learning the playbook. He's immature, blah, blah, blah. And I kind of see that. I think Elway's done with him. Um, you know, mentally, he just doesn't look ready. He doesn't look at all ready to become a franchise starting quarterback. But Josh Rosen is the highest-graded quarterback I've had since luck. And I don't think you can pass up on a generational guy like this. Bronco's um, offensive line is a little shaky, but when healthy, it's not the worst. I think Garrett Bowles is going to have a bounce-back season. Once you get him in an NFL weight room, put on some strength, put on some poundage, um, get that blindside going. And Josh Rosen it has got to be the guy for Denver. Um, it, I, You know, to me, he's the best quarterback in the draft, but – I think this solidifies what Denver's trying to do with their team. You know, once you build – once you get that quarterback, all you have to do is build around him. You don't – you know, th- there's stability there. So, you know, Broncos get their guy, and I think this is a big um, – he's a fire starter for an offense. So, um, Bronco fans, sorry, but not that sorry. Ooh, I like it. I like. It.
1: I love that pick, and I think that uh, what's better than – you know, from one Cali – cool Cali boy to another Elway to Rosen. I mean, he'll get that guy straightened out in a heartbeat. And uh, I agree (laughs) with everything that Justin just said, you know, the only concern I have, obviously a couple of concussions there during his time in UCLA reminds me of another quarterback coming out of UCLA, dare I say, Troy Aikman, who claims concussions had no part on him retiring early. (laughs) Maybe some of those, Bops upside the head, <laughs> clogged up his memory. But uh, <laughs> hey, for whatever it's worth, we got the top five down, and the New York Jets are on the clock. Another team here in my backyard. And well, gentlemen, you know I don't, you know I don't want to take this player this high, but if I'm the New York Jets, I've got to stop the bleeding. If I don't get a quarterback, then it's just another rebuild year. And I can't send that message again. I can't send that message again to my team if I'm playing in New York City. So, you know, a lot of talk out there about signing Kirk Cousins. No, 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 no. (laughs) I would not do that. Um, You know, listen, you've got to take Baker Mayfield here. And the bottom line is this. Taking Baker Mayfield and bringing back Josh McCown is a better alternative than acquiring Kirk Cousins. And that's just the way it is, and that's just the way it's going to go down. So pencil him in, Baker Mayfield, off the clock, (laughs) heading to New York. Luckily, there's a lot of Ubers and Lyfts and taxis available, so he won't have to be doing any late-night driving or daytime driving. (laughs) But there it is. Baker Mayfield to the New York Jets. Put it in the books. Uh, So let's recap real quick. We've got three quarterbacks off the board already. Darnold at one, Rosen at five, Baker Mayfield at six, with uh, Chubb, Fitzpatrick, and Barkley going two, three, and four. All right, Joe Everett is up with the Tampa Bay selection. You're on the clock, Joe.
0: Well, I'm sitting here looking at Tampa, there's a lot of they just need a lot. DE running back, offensive tack, corner, I mean they, they you you don't have a wrong answer with a team like this. So I'm going best player available and uh Quentin Nelson's going to be going off the board sooner or later. Uh if someone didn't trade up for him. I mean, he's that good. Uh we've just seen too much footage that he is pro ready and uh you got to take him before Chicago because Chicago by the way just hired Harry Highstand from Notre Dame, the offensive line coach. So, I, boy, if I was a Bears fan, I'd be pretty excited for what they're doing. So, uh, yeah, I think Quentin Nelson, if he didn't go, uh, what is it, seven to Tampa, Chicago would be looking their chops to have uh, his former coach coaching them up uh, in the Windy City. So I'm, I'm just taking best player available here, boys.
1: First offensive lineman off the board, a little bit more protection for Jameis Winston and Quentin Nelson, the guard out of Notre Dame off the board to the Tampa Bay Bucks at number seven. Let's go over to Justin to make the selection for the Chicago bears who are selecting ace in the draft.
2: And we got a six foot quarterback and a guard in the top 10. What are we doing? (laughs)
0: <laughs> what kind of mock depth is this?
2: oh <laughs> uh, all right well Chicago let's see they need some offensive tackle help I think they need some cornerback help um, they need receiver help but at this spot number eight I don't see you know I, I think this is where best player available meets up with need and he might be a little undersized but I don't think there's a better cover corner in, in, the, in the entire nation than Denzel Ward from uh, Ohio State. And this guy is a speed burner. He's fluid. He's instinctual. He, you know, he plays bigger on tape. I didn't think he was five ten until I got a few games in and started to see him, you know, walking next to guys and be like, "Hey, he's five eleven and he's shorter than him. How, you know, how's that?" But you know, he played Sammy Cobb's what six foot four wide receiver from uh, Indiana he gave up a few passes downfield but it was it was interesting because he's usually in the right spot at the right time he elevated for the ball it was kind of just great plays by Cobbs being bigger but you know Denzel Ward tackles he runs well he's you know he can play any type of coverage off man zone trail anything you ask him to do he's going to do it I think this is a guy that is a potential you know pro bowler every year so it's not always the sexiest pick, top 10, but I think Chicago just needs it so badly that they need a number one cornerback. And this guy is a lot better corner than a lot of first-round corners we've seen in the past few years. I mean, Vernon Hargraves was getting so much hype, and this guy is light years um, you know, above where Vernon was coming out, I think. So Chicago fans have to be happy about this because this is a lockdown guy on one side of the field. All right, so we have our five-foot-nine
1: cornerback to go along with our six-foot quarterback (laughs) and offensive guard (laughs) inside the top ten selection. So Denzel Ward it is for the Chicago Bears. And uh, picking next is the Oakland Raiders at number nine, which will be on my dime, and a player that just continues to grow on me. Of course, Justin has been... Uh, leading the the charge on this prospect. But um, I just think it makes too much damn sense. Rashawn Evans, I mean, listen, the Raiders need some help on the defensive side of the ball. I think you can plug this guy in at any linebacker spot you want, pair him up with Bruce Irvin and Navarro Bowman over there, with uh, Khalil Mack on that defensive line. And, you know, uh, this is just a game-changing selection in my opinion with Rashawn Evans, the linebacker from Alabama, going to Love the that. Oakland Raiders at number nine. Isn't that a great
2: great pick? I thought you would like that, Justin. That I mean that's there's some angry big dudes on that side of the
1: ball for Oakland, so <laughs> <laughs> All right, now, um and I should mention nine and ten will be a, a coin flip for the the uh Bay Area teams, Oakland Raiders, San Francisco 49ers. In this scenario, I guess the Raiders won the coin toss, and that means the 49ers, uh, who did very well for themselves last offseason, John Lynch and company, uh, Shanahan over there in charge, year number two, Joe. Uh, It's funny because if they did not insert Jimmy Garoppolo, towards the stretch of the season, they might be picking a lot higher. But because of Jimmy G, they have the 10th overall selection. What will the 49ers do?
0: And you know that was by design. Uh, sure, little move by John Lynch to just just wait a few. they Just get, get acclimated. But uh, there's two players on the board here. I'm shocked. Uh, I just got to say, Raquan Smith. That That's where I'm leaning emotionally. and th- Just imagine Ruben Foster and, and Raquan Smith running around like madmen on that side of the ball. I think uh, that's where I'd have to lean over. I want to get protection for Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes, I want to draft a wide receiver, but really, is this wide receiver class all that great? Is it that souped up? Could you not maybe get a better deal in later rounds and then – Offensive tackle, I love Orlando Brown, but do we know this high? We better know he's a left tackle. So I, I think if you're really uh, you, – your top ten here, I think you, you go with the BPA again and, and suit a and need and really make uh, inside linebacker a strength. So I'll take Smith from Georgia and just, yeah, establish that side of the ball. Roquan Smith,
1: one of the fast risers in this year's draft class since the start of the 2017 season. Definitely uh, a top ten selection, it looks like, here, rounding out the top ten. And uh, just to recap, Sam Darnold to the Browns, Bradley Chubb to the Giants, Minka Fitzpatrick to the Colts, Saquon Barkley to the Browns, Josh Rosen to the Broncos, Baker Mayfield to the Jets, Quentin Nelson to the Bucks. Denzel Ward to the Bears, Rashawn Evans to the Raiders, Roquan Smith to the 49ers, which brings us to the Miami Dolphins selecting number 11, and Justin will deliver this
2: pick. This is a tough pick, because I think Miami needs a lot of things. Again, they need some offensive line help. They need, gosh, I I could justify taking a pass rusher, a linebacker. Um, I, I hate to do this, but you know, I don't know if this is a player that I agree with going this high just because he's so much projection, but he also has traits that, you know, you just don't see every day. He's only nineteen years old though, so you know, he's a young, raw piece of clay that can be molded and you know, like I said, the traits are just off the charts. I don't think you can pass up a guy that fits need and also has this kind of upside. Um, Tremaine Edmonds from Virginia Tech, the linebacker Uh, I think he fits any scheme. He might be able to give you pass rush help. He can give you help in coverage. He's 6'4", 250, and runs like the wind, man. This guy is insane. Um, You know, I think he relies on his athleticism still more than he relies on reading his keys and being instinctual. But, like I said, he's 19. He's, you know, most people 19, you're still freshman in college, drunk at frat parties and stuff, and this guy's declaring for the NFL. Um, and like I said, it's, it's just one of those things where the upside is too much to pass on. I think there's going to be teams that you know, would are going to regret passing on this guy because you can develop him in so many ways. So uh, I think he shores up that Miami inside linebacker spot. Yeah, big
1: high-flying linebacker this man, Tremaine Edmonds is, I think is going to be a uh, a, a name that buzzes leaving Indianapolis. Uh, So there you go. Number 11 to the Miami Dolphins. That brings us to the Cincinnati Bengals. Selecting number 12, failing to make the playoffs. Listen, you know, you could state a case for a couple different positions here, but I think the way this scenario has played out, they'd have to be pretty happy about Orlando Brown Jr., uh, You know, a.k.a. Zeus from Oklahoma, the offensive tackle sliding down to them here at number 12. I think it makes a lot of sense. I think it also, you could state a case, maybe the best player available still on the board at this point. So Orlando Brown Jr. is the selection for the Cincinnati Bengals. That takes us to the Washington Redskins, who are selecting 13th. Overall, and have just acquired Alex Smith, as we know, Joe, what will the Redskins do with it?
0: Probably something dumber than hell, and I'm going to say it. Josh Allen, Wyoming. They're going to get rid of Kirk Cousins, send him back into the Broncos. I don't know if it's the Jets. I don't know what team it's going to be, but uh, it's not going to be the Redskins. Uh, I mean, we just contract. They can't uh, suffer all that money. So uh, that's moving on, and Alex Smith is a placeholder. He did it for Mahomes. He's going to do it for Josh Allen here. I think uh, it's clear Josh Allen right now might not be ready uh, at the onset of things. I mean, just in those skeleton drills against air, he's uh, throwing the balls into the stands overthrowing Alan Allen Lazard. If uh, if that's not the easiest throw you're ever going to see in your career, I don't know what is. So that tells me it's going to take some polishing up a guy like Allen and Alex Smith is the perfect placeholder. I hate, I'm sorry, Alex, if you're listening, but you are. Jay uh, right <laughs> hey, Gruden could teach you, he could teach Jay uh, him on the fly, and I think it'd be a good scenario for Josh Allen to not only sit back, acclimate himself, but also learn from Alex. It's, uh, <clears throat> to me, it makes sense. But then again, I'm crazy.
1: Well, you know, when you first, said it, it it was a little bit surprising to me because they did acquire Alex Smith but the more I hear you talk it out and you know I'm not so sure I would select Josh Allen that high but I I can understand the logic and uh you did a good job making sense of it at least Joe so uh Josh Allen to the Redskins a little bit of a surprise pick maybe by some and uh with that being said now we go to the Green Bay Packers who Honestly, it's it's surprising to see them picking at number 14. This is a team that's usually in the playoffs. Um, I can't remember the last time they had a pick in the top half of the first round. What will the Packers do with it, Justin?
2: So we got new general manager, Brian Gutekunst, if I said his name right. I don't know. He's been with the Packers, though, since 2002, I believe. He's been the director of scouting, director of personnel, blah, blah, blah. But I don't love the way the Packers have drafted under Ted Thompson. I think he was more of a talent evaluator, but not a team builder. Um, I'm hoping Gutekunst can maybe switch that around. They need oh, they need a lot of things too. Um, when it comes to this receiver class, I'm with Joe. I think there's just so much value to be had in the later rounds. I don't think you know Bart or uh, Ridley is the top guy in this class, but I just don't see the need to reach for someone like that. I think this is the point where you take someone that has, you know, tremendous upside and gives you, you know, building block on a on a place where it really matters and I think Marcus Davenport from UTSA, you know, the Ooh. huge, long, explosive, angry pass rusher on the outside. I think th- this is where you take him. I mean, this is where you plug him into a Green Bay team that's lacked pass rush for quite some time. I mean, Clay Matthews just isn't the same guy. I know Nick Perry is there, but they don't have something that scares offensive lines, I would say, and I think Davenport. When you get him going, this is a dude that can wreck shop. Um, he's just when you say upside, you you think of like, oh, this guy, you know, he could be something. This guy could just start to wreck the NFL soon. You don't see people this big that move this well that, you know, have this the kind of traits he has. So, Green Bay you got to get rid of the short, stubby-armed pass rushers, get rid of Matthews and Perry, or at least put them on the other side and let Davenport get going. So this is where they get their their madman to me.
1: I love it. Great pick. And, yeah, he could really do some significant damage in that Packers defense. I'm going to keep it on the defensive side of the ball here at number 15. Uh, Arizona Cardinals, new head coach Steve Wilkes. Carson Palmer retired. Josh <sighs> Allen's off the board. Four quarterbacks off the board within the first 13 picks, so maybe they wait till round two and, and grab a guy like Lamar Jackson or Kyle Lawletta who I like. But right here, I mean, Vita Vey, the Washington nose tackle, it just makes too much sense. Uh, Steve Welks being the, the, the defensive-minded coming over from Carolina, the, the coordinator there. Uh, you plug this guy in the middle, and you just – go with it. Uh, for number 15th overall, I think this is tremendous value. Uh, you could consider it a steal, I-, I would say, at this point here. So, Vita Vitave at number 15 to Arizona. Let's go over to Joe now for the Baltimore Ravens selection at 16 overall. Joe, are you with us?
0: Joe, me. sorry. Oh, wouldn't, wouldn't be a, it wouldn't even be a show if I didn't meet myself. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a tradition. We've got to keep up with tradition. Uh, it, they need a lot of skill position and I will a little tidbit, uh, Harbaugh on the sidelines talking to scouts, talking to friends and I'm over here and I am like, yeah, we're, we're looking at every skill position we can, uh, who are you looking at? And that's like basically from the horse's mouth. So you got to think they're leaning that way, but just like we're talking about the wide receiver class, um, I guess I like Darius Geis, but I think it's a little early for him. It's a little early for the tight ends. And if we know anything about the Ravens, I don't care if uh, Ozzie's no longer calling the shots from up top. They just draft real men. If, when in doubt, best player available, I'm shocked Derwin James is still on the board. Um, they don't need safety specifically, but you could put James, right? That would be the best nickel slot back in any defense right now. Uh, sorry, in Colvin, love love what you're doing at Jacksonville, but adding James to that defense, just uh, continuing to make it a strength because, I, I don't know, offensive skill position players, I'm just – Uh, we're sitting here at 16. I don't see one that's worth 16 overall, so I'll take a guy, a kid that you could just mold into a, you know, just a game changer on that side of the ball.
1: Yeah, you know, and, and somebody that Really, when the start of the collegiate football season began, a guy that you know uh, a lot of draftniks felt would be in contention for that number one overall pick, so Derwin James now rounding out the, the uh, top half of the first round with pick number 16, Baltimore Ravens. Uh, I like it. L.A. Chargers, Justin. What will they do at 17?
2: I've always said Phillip Rivers is the top five quarterback in the NFL to the dismay of my family members who are Bronco fans and all my friends who are also Bronco fans. Um, But I think his issue is they just don't protect him. Uh, The Chargers just refuse to protect Phillip Rivers. But when you do, he's as deadly as anyone. Um, They'll get their second round pick back this year um, that they drafted last year in Forrest Lamp. They have Dan Feeney. So they got the two guard spots filled up with good players I think this is where you take a tackle. Um, I don't know which side they'll put him on, but Connor Williams from Texas, he played through an ankle injury uh, this past year. didn't look the same, but his 2016 tape was pretty nasty. Uh, I think you have to be kind of a psychopath to play offensive line. You have to finish. You have to be angry. And this dude has it. He's a dog for sure. I mean, he finishes. The mindset on him is, you know, to punish people and I don't think you can play tackle and be soft and this guy is not soft and I think he gets back to his form of 2016 and continues to develop Um, and this is a you know this is a tackle that is going to play a lot of years in the NFL his height and his arm length is questioned but I think his technique and the, the overall functional strength he has is good enough to play in the NFL hands down so Connor Williams is my pick for the Chargers out of Texas. All right,
1: Connor Williams, it is the second offensive tackle, the third offensive lineman, and my next pick, the Seattle Seahawks, were also targeting offensive line help, but I'm going to go to the other side of the ball, back to the defensive line, where Sheldon Richardson is a pending free agent. Already talked about him reuniting with the Jets. Don't think Seattle is going to be able to afford to keep that man in town. Uh, What a better way to replace him with the more cost effective option and Deron Payne uh, out of Alabama uh one stud departs replace him with another one uh Deron Payne Seattle Seahawks 18th overall the pick is in baby uh Joe over to you and he goes to play
2: sorry I was just gonna say Deron Payne goes to play with his boy from Bama Jaron Reed too Jaron Reed yes indeed one of my more
1: uh enjoyable interviews at the draft yeah. last year or the year before. So hopefully I get to link up with Duran baby. Alright. Joe, over to you. Nineteen trying to get us through this top twenty. Do a quick recap and then hit the home stretch for the final twelve picks, Joe. Dallas at nineteen. Obviously they've dedicated a lot of time uh to the offensive line. Where would they go here?
0: I think that they gotta go back to the defense. It's back half. Um they got re signed to Marcus Lawrence. That's first off, so I'm assuming they do. No need at DN then uh I think uh they 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 uh they, it depends on what flavor their corner they're looking at. If it's Josh Jackson or the uh, I really like Alexander from Louisville, but I don't know that they do that. So I'll I'll probably just take the safe way out here and uh uh once again BPA, they they do need help at tackle uh, they need a heavy rotation. Mohurst, Hurst, Michigan, is still on the board. Uh, I think that's another player ready to play now, and they're a playoff team, contending. They want more pressure on the quarterback. I don't, I don't like the the corners on the board for him here. So I'll, I'll go. I don't know. Maybe you call it chalk. Maybe it's a bad pick, but uh, I like Mohurst Hurst here. Yeah, a lot
1: of people do like Moe Hurst, and uh, the pick is in. I'm, I'm a little surprised you didn't go Calvin Ridley there, Joe. You know, with
0: Ridley I know, being well, on the board I, I, I hate to dog Ridley I mean, fine player And another guy that should be ready to uh, Give them some help right away But, yeah, I don't know It just seems like that defense is still the issue And uh, another former teammate That would be playing with the guy he knows in Taco Charlton There in uh, Dallas hmm.
1: Alright, so that brings us up To the 20th selection Still no wide receiver Or running back well, Saquon Barkley was taken. So no wide receiver yet selected. Uh, Justin, what will the Detroit Lions do at 20? This is
2: tempting. I want to go defense, but I ugh, having guys with uh, Matt Stafford and just getting that run game, you know, having your – when you, you get that number one guy and you just establish that and you know he's your guy for years, I mean – it's tough to pass off. I wanted to go Taven Bryan from Florida here, um, but I think I'm going to have to go with Darius Geis. He's a great receiver out of the backfield. He's an angry, violent runner. He's got some home run speed. He's great between the tackles, and I think they Detroit lacks that number one um, running back that they know they can give 20 to 25 carries a game. So, for me, I think this takes a little pressure off of Stafford. Um, maybe it kind of stresses defenses more, knowing that they have – you know such a task ahead of them each and every Game so the, the guys is my Pick here man Okay
1: Darius Geist the LSU running back Goes to the Detroit Lions helping Out Matthew Stafford there they obviously need Some help at the running back position And you know while Justin was making his selection I Was debating my Buffalo Bills pick to circle the wagons Here at number 21 and You know, we talked about Calvin Ridley being on the board still. They could obviously use a guy like that. Uh, Is Lamar Jackson better than Tyrod Taylor? I'm not really sure. And, you know, we talked about it at the top of the show, the team building with the Patriots and Eagles. The NFL is a copycat league, which is why you got to go inside out and go with the defensive tackle out of Stanford. Harrison Phillips just bringing some size and athleticism. Kyle Williams is a pending free agent. Uh, They really just don't have enough beef on that front line when guys like Eddie Yarbrough are starting for you. No offense, Eddie. I love you to death. But this defensive line just needs a huge overhaul, upgrade, and, you know, again, start from the inside out. So Harrison Phillips from Stanford uh, going 21. And I wanted to recap – you know, we recap the top 10 picks. Let me just break down 11 through 20 for those tuning in on the fly. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds, the linebacker to Miami Dolphins. Orlando Brown, Jr., Oklahoma, offensive tackle to the Cincinnati Bengals at 12. Quarterback Josh Allen to the Redskins at 13 to sit behind Alex Smith. 14 was the Green Bay Packers going with Marcus Davenport. Arizona Cardinals selected Vita Vey at number 15 overall, the nose tackle from Washington. Uh, Florida State defensive back Derwin James goes 16th overall to the Baltimore Ravens. The Los Angeles Chargers finally get uh, some help for Phillip Rivers up front. Connor Williams, the Texas tackle. Uh, Seattle going with Deron Payne, the defensive tackle from Alabama. Michigan defensive lineman Moe Hurst goes to the Cowboys at 19. And Darius Geis, LSU running back. Salutes. God bless. Where's my sneeze button, guys? Darius Geis, the (laughs) LSU running back, (laughs) 20 to the Lions. And then, of course, Harrison Phillips, 21st to the Buffalo Bills. You're tuned into the NFL Draft Bible Radio Show. We're bringing you down the home stretch here. Uh, the final picks of our live on-air mock draft. It's back over to you, Joe, with the the same Buffalo Bills team that acquired their pick from the Kansas City Chiefs. I just selected Harrison Phillips for them. Where will you go with their next selection?
0: I like the Phillips pick because I had DT as uh, one of their biggest needs, well, outside of quarterback, of course. But, uh, yeah, they need some help up front. Kyle Williams getting older. And then offensive tackle I still think is an issue now. Center's cropped up with Eric Wood uh, retiring, which is just terrible because the really likable guy in the locker room, uh, off the field, you know, you couldn't want to meet a nicer kid. So I uh, uh, hope for the best for him. But they got to add some offensive line. I think uh, the real tough selection here is, do you know, You'll go with a guy who's from a proven program, from great coaching, pedigree, McGlinchey, or do you take the chance on the upside? And it is early in the process. We don't know what these combine numbers are going to be, but as I've gone ad nauseum, I'm going with my boy from Western Michigan, uh, Chikwuma Okurafur, just because he has the upside to play uh, on an island, I think, more so than McGlinchey. I'm pretty sure we know McGlinchey's going to be a right tackle. We know he's going to be a damn good one, but – I'd, I'd, I'd go for the home run here, and just as you said, Rick, inside out, uh, I'll I'll try and really uh, beef up both fronts on both sides of the ball and work from there with these uh, back-to-back picks. Yeah, I,
1: I definitely love it. Add some beef to both uh, sides of the ball. Chukwuma Okorafor from Western Michigan, the offensive tackle there. Justin, you had the chance to pick the L.A. Superchargers. Back over with another L.A. team. What will the Super Rams do?
2: Rams need help at cornerback. Um, they have a good front line or a good front, you know, seven, I guess, on defense if you want to. It's, it's better than average. Um, it's good. but I think we saw definitely this year against the, uh, ugh, the Vikings. They had some issues at cornerback. Um, and, you know, Wade Phillips still there. Eli, I'm, I'm, he wants guys that want to tackle. He wants guys that want to play physically and want to have attitude on defense. And I think they need to draft um, a guy that fits that mold. And Carlton Davis, the cornerback from Auburn, is an absolute dog. Um, long, fast, press corner. He can play off, but this dude wants to mix it up. He wants to tackle, and he wants to be part of a defense that I think flies around, you know, kind of has that swagger about him. Um, and he fits need. That He fits the need for them. So Carlton Davis from Auburn. Um, this is a, I, I think he could go a lot higher than this, honestly, after the combine, after the pro day, after everything. But, you know, I think this is a best player available type thing. He falls into the laps late in the first round.
1: All right, the lengthy corner from Auburn, Carlton Davis, 23rd to the Rams. And here I am, the Carolina Panthers. I mean, Calvin Ridley staring me in the face. I, do it. I mean, I'm doing I'm doing backflips up to the stage to hand in the card right now, so uh, I don't think anybody can really argue with that selection. Calvin Ridley, first wide receiver off the board, number 24 over to the Carolina Panthers. Joe, the Tennessee Titans are on the clock at 25. What will they do?
0: I'll uh, probably draft another quarterback. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> uh, I think it's the player Justin just mentioned, Taven Bryan still on the board right that hasn't been taken that's uh, I th- I still think their defense needs a ton of work um, yes they want some more targets for Mariota but honestly do you spend another first rounder on a wide receiver let's see what Corey Davis does uh, I don't like the edges here that uh, available for them so I'd like to beef up that interior and and put Taven Bryan next to Gerald Casey in in that defense
1: makes a lot of sense to me. Tavon Bryant, Florida defensive tackle, 25th to the Tennessee Titans. Over to the NFC for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Back-to-back NFC South teams, Falcons and Saints. Falcons on the clock first. Justin, what will they do?
2: This is getting tough because, you know, there's not a lot of guys that I think fit the value down here, especially for Atlanta. But I think uh, Joe said earlier, I think McGlinchey, Is going to be a nice tackle no matter where he goes. Atlanta has some – if I remember correctly, they do need some offensive tackle help. they got some aging guys, and I'm not sure they have a bookend left. Um, I think McGlinchey gets his name called here. Uh, He's not perfect, but he gets the job done more often than not. He's pretty technically sound. Um, In the run game, he gets some solid push. I think that's his strength, actually. Um, Matt Ryan, I don't know how many years he has left, but I think they – can only do themselves and you know it's only good to try and protect him a little longer while he's still there. So they need to get him, McGlinchy goes to Atlanta.
1: Okay, I love that fit and uh probably, you know, since Sam Baker I can't remember when the Falcons went uh first round pick on the O line, maybe I'm wrong. Jake, Jake son of now oh Jake Matthews, there you go. Um, so that brings me oh, to yeah. New Orleans. And the window on Drew Brees is closing. It is closing fast. I don't care what anybody says. There's a small window there. And when you have a small window, you gotta roll the dice sometimes, right? You gotta be gambling, man. You gotta blow on the dice a little bit. Hope it comes up snake eyes, and that's why I'm going with R. LSU. Ooh. Defensive end. Put this man opposite of uh Cameron Jordan out there on the on the Saints. And just let him go to work, see what he's got. And, yeah, are there question marks? Are there some concerns? Uh, Are you going to hold your breath until training camp rolls around, hoping this guy even shows up and makes it to camp? Absolutely. But it's all going to be worth the wait. And at number 27, I think it's an ultimate uh, risk-reward selection that, you know, if it does pan out, the gamble will be well worth the payoff. All right, uh, we're down to the final five picks of our mock draft here, and next up will be the Pittsburgh Steelers. Here to deliver the pick is Joe Everett.
0: All right, I'm I'm surprised I didn't mute myself for this because I'm about to go wackadoo. Uh, If I'm the Steelers, i really want a linebacker that can cover, but right now I I just don't uh, see it as much, so I'd look at tight end. Uh, playmaking tight end is what they're missing. I know they're with Vance McDonald now, Jesse James. It ain't the same. Fans are calling them all Heath. So let's get a guy who we can identify with. Uh, a great story, and I think a great athlete. And a, a fellas should uh, be very impressive in Indianapolis. Dallas, Cutter, South Dakota State, I think uh, maybe surprise picked by some. But as we go along in this process, people are just going to, start to love him more and more, and he's just going to be a riser, check off all those boxes, and it's just unfortunate he got injured in the senior bowl, but for those 15 or 20 minutes he played, he was a star out there, and I think uh, that he he's, might be a surprise to some, but I think he's a first-round talent, and when you add Dallas Goddard to that Steelers offense, keep Big Ben around, that's, that's, that's an awful lot of weapons to defend.
1: Man, that's a big boy, a big target, and a great fit. You know, throwing Godert there to the Steelers, I, I like it a lot. Um, over to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are selecting number 29 after losing to the Patriots in the AFC Championship. Uh, Justin, who do you got here for the Jags?
2: You know, they drafted Fournette at number four last year. <clears throat> um, that's their identity, or they, <clears throat> it's what they want to be their identity, is their run game. Um, and I think they get a guy, again, that falls into their lap, maybe because he was miscast in college. I don't know if scouts will really buy into that. I think his tape's good enough, even at tackle, to where they know he can move inside and play guard or center. Um, Georgia's Isaiah Wynn. He's going to come in. He's a top-notch athlete with great feet, great core strength. He played tackle, left tackle in college in the SEC at 6'2", and he held his own every single game. Even against Bama, he looked good. He got some help in that game, but this is a guy that I think steps in. And, you know, at the very least, he's a center, but I think he can be a Pro Bowl guard. Um, And I think this gives them a little more push inside for Cornette, who kind of needs some of those run lanes to open up to get going. Uh, What better way to continue building and continue trying to work on your identity than, you know, putting in the exact piece that you need? Isaiah Wynn is my guy here.
1: Okay, makes a lot of sense, and uh, I'm on the clock with the Minnesota Vikings, who could also consider win at number 30. Maybe Will Hernandez is in play as well. Uh, We talked about the quarterback situation is up in the air. Maybe they need some more protection to protect their quarterback so they don't get hurt as much. But to uh, build on the strength and keep that theme going, they had a fantastic defense, a great defense. But what can we do to make it a superior defense? Well, I'll tell you what you can do. Let's take Dante Jackson and slide him in the slot with Xavier and 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 Trey Waynes and Harrison Smith, and let's just create the best secondary in the NFL. In addition, you get a – Weapon on special teams, a speed burner, a four three forty speed burner, and Dante Jackson out of LSU. Woo! I mean, I, I just you know, I, I just think it makes too much damn sense to do that. So, uh, all right, gentlemen. Well, that brings us to our final two selections, the two teams in action last night, and obviously, the New England Patriots were the big loser.
0: <laughs> on the evening.
1: So, Joe, that means you will make the election at number 31
0: for the Patriots. Proud to rep the losers here. Um, it's got to be defense is what they're looking at, pass rusher setting the edge, I mean, doing something uh, on that side of the ball. But, once again, I'm not convinced there's a, a legit pass rusher here. And uh, coverage linebacker, I think the best ones, they're off the board at this point. So what I have is an actual need for them that, once again, I know I'm going same position and going offensive skill, but I I look at Mark Andrews, Oklahoma, New England Patriots, that seems to me to be a fit. Like, they need somebody to carry the torch when Gronkowski gets injured again. I mean, I'm sorry, but it's just kind of happened. He's such a big target. There's so much of him to hit. Uh, and that back condition that dates back to Arizona, it, with this offense, if they're really going to carry on with Brady and, like I said, you maximize the rest of this window that's left available to you, you you're going to have to have another tight end. And when that Patriots offense was great, it was Hernandez and Gronkowski. It's, like, always been two tight ends, and you need that guy that can do a lot of different things uh, Blocking, uh, H back—that's kind of Andrews' game, and we know he can run the routes and catch. So, uh, Dwayne Allen's a nice player, great great guy, uh, generous with his time and interviews. But man, uh, he can't catch—he's just a blocker. So they need—I think they need a lot more tight end with Gronkowski and without.
1: Yeah, and you know uh, Gronkowski leaving the door open for retirement last night, saying, you know. He'll he'll think about his future. Obviously, even coming out of Arizona, the man was all banged up with, like, several injuries and and just, you know, has been through a lot, played through a lot. And we'll see if the Gronk even returns. Mark Andrews, the Oklahoma tight end, a lot of uh, fluctuating opinions, to say the least, there. So the second tight end is off the board. Justin brings you to the let this sink in, all my Philly fans world champion Philadelphia Eagles and I say that as I fly like an eagle no joke in my chair. Uh <laughs> Justin, you know, when you win the Super Bowl, you have the luxury of, you know, not always necessarily selecting for need because you proved you're the best. Sometimes you get to just take the best available player. That's the luxury of having the last pick and just a few names here that are pretty high up on the draft bible. Big board still remaining. Ronnie Harrison, uh, the safety. Josh Jackson, the cornerback out of Iowa. Christian Kirk, the wide receiver. Just to name a few. Um, what do the Eagles do?
2: What do they do? Uh, they don't need a lot, of, a lot of anything. Um, you know, their offensive line might need some help. I don't know if Peters. He's old regardless. You know, even if he's coming back, he's a he's aging dude. Halapamama, the tie, whatever that left tackle's name is, I can't pronounce it. But I don't know if he's their, their guy long-term. Um, could they use another corner? Yeah, probably. Uh, I think Mills is great. Darby's great. But could they use another playmaker? Sure. Um, McLeod and Jenkins seem to be the guys in the secondary that are going to hold it up in the, in the in the safety spots. But I – you know, like we've talked about all night or all day, uh, building from the front back, building the inside out. Um, I think they got to think long-term, think about Wentz, what they want to do with him and who they can develop and the luxury that they have of having Vitae being, you know, a stopgap option behind Peters. And then if Peters does come back, they can still develop someone behind him. You got to go with traits here. And I think Colton Miller, the left tackle from UCLA, big, long dude, a little raw in his footwork. Um, I wouldn't say he's an A-plus athlete, but probably a B-plus athlete. A guy that definitely has the traits and the quickness off the edge, or on, the, on the edge, you know, to handle speed rushers. He's got to work on his anchor still. But he protected Josh Rosen. He had some decent tape. And I think this is a guy that because they're in such a luxury spot right now where they don't need a whole lot, the Eagles can kind of afford to reach. Maybe not reach, but take a guy they know – might have to sit a year or kind of red shirt behind Peters and Vitae. Um Colton Miller could be the bookend, though, and be the left tackle for a long time behind uh, or protecting Carson Wentz. Okay, it makes
1: a lot of sense. And uh, like you said, Justin, they don't have many positions to upgrade. You know, taking a look at it while you were talking, I guess the one player that – I might consider, you know, with uh, LeGarrette Blunt being on a one-year deal, hitting free agency, you know, we mentioned how great Corey Clement did, you know, exceeding expectations, and Jay Ajayi has done well. I'm not sure if he's a feature back. and In fact, I think he's thrived as a committee type of running back. How about throwing Ronald Jones in there maybe with the 30-second pick and Love running back it. actually being one of the positions that the Eagles could possibly upgrade, I, I would think that, he would be an upgrade at the running back position. And I think the the whole NFC East would just, you know, hand to forehead like, oh, here we go. Um, But, you know, this was a great exercise, a very fun exercise. I usually hate mock drafts and dread them. This was enjoyable and uh, fun to do now that the Super Bowl is in the books. The all-star circuit is wrapped up. The underclassmen have declared, and we are getting ready to embark upon indianapolis so with that being said guys uh we went a little bit longer with this show i'll just you know it would be fun to sit here and debate you know some of the picks and some of the guys taking who was good who was bad maybe we can do that on the next show i know uh we're trying to get back here at the end of the week but parting shots before we wrap it all up uh started off with you 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 let us off justin uh go ahead recap us with your final thoughts here today
2: Get these tight ends out of the first round. <laughs> I know this; is, it's not the best tight end class this year. Um, I, I like the Goddard pick from Joe uh, at Pittsburgh, though. I think that helps, you know, if Roethlisberger needs any persuading to come back or any convincing, it's like, you know, giving him a guy that really fits their offense and, you know, is a skilled I think that's it's a good move. It, it fits their offense, and it's something that, you know, Roethlisberger might look at and be like, "Mm, all right, all right. Um, But New England, I think last night it showed, you know, they still have Gronk getting Andrews is good, but New England just needs so much help up front on both sides of the ball. I I think this is the year where Belichick finally, you know, bites the bullet and starts building not in free agency or, you know, not with late round picks. He's got to spend some high picks on some guys that are really going to make a difference up front. Um, So, you know, uh, ugh. just looking at some of these teams, I hate to give them skill players and stuff like I but I'm just rambling now, but I too many teams I think are not building the right way. Um and I think that's what shows from last night especially the Eagles are doing it the Eagles are doing it right and um I wish some of these other teams would take that recipe too and protect their quarterbacks and also learn how to get after the quarterback. That's what I'll leave it at.
1: Well, the president has been set, and you can uh, bet
2: your bottom dollar
1: in this copycat league that is the NFL teams have paid attention and will be mimicking the Eagles' blueprint, Howie Roseman, for success. Uh, that was Justin Gamble. We thank him for his insight and analysis today. You can follow him on Twitter at Scout G-A-M-Scout. G-A-M-Scout. Uh, he'll definitely be quick to put you in in your place over there, but it's all good. It's all fun. Um, over to Joe Everett, who you can follow on Twitter at Joe W Everett for his uh, final thoughts here
0: on this mock draft special. Oh, I'd say mamas raise your boys to be pass rushers because the league's always going to need them. Uh, that's why we have Marcus Davenport going so high. Uh, Arden Key still fits in after a so-so season, and well, speaking of the Eagles doing it right. They already had Brandon Graham. Uh, they already have Vinnie Curry. And what do they do? Yeah, Derek Barnett. Let's make a strength, an even bigger strength, and just establish and uh, set the tone right up front. So, yeah, that's why they're uh, building teams the right way. I still believe it. Like you said, right inside out, that's been the, the a successful uh, method for years because it, it, it works. So yeah, that's if you're a mother listening, work work on that on that first step. <laughs> Try and find those guys with the long arms. But I mean, it's easier said than done, I suppose. But yeah, pass rushers, it's, it, that is never going to change in any season of the draft.
1: Well, you know, quickly here, my final thoughts on the uh, mock draft here is, you know, once again. QBs rule all, and we had four quarterbacks go in the top 13 picks, which tells me, listen, there's no time to wait. There's no waiting in the second round. There's no waiting to see who falls to me. If you need a quarterback, you're going to have to make your move, and you're going to have to make it fast. And you saw the Eagles secure their pick months in advance to, to, to secure that number two selection, which would ultimately turn out to be Carson Wentz who would ultimately help lead them to the Super Bowl, but then ultimately become Jeff Hostetlerized with Nick Foles taking charge. But I guess my point is, if you're the Arizona Cardinals at 15, if you're the Buffalo Bills who own a pair of first-round picks but who pick 21st and 22nd, heck, even if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars and really want to go for it, you're going to have to make a move and you're going to have to give up a lot. And I think that's the – Underlying message here that I've come away with. Uh, even a team like the Washington Redskins who acquire Alex Smith, we have them taking Josh Allen. Uh, so, hey, Cardinals, Bills, Jaguars, make a move, make it fast, because those quarterbacks aren't going to last. <laughs> That's been another edition here on the NFL Draft Bible Radio Show. A little bit longer episode in the books today. We appreciate you all for tuning in. Of course, we have show up on the website already at NFLDraftBible.com. We're on fire over there. Blog Talk Radio, iTunes. Please keep it locked. Tomorrow we'll be with uh, Jonathan Franklin from Last Chance U, the FAU wide receiver who will be participating in the National Scouting Combine. The next best thing to the NFL Scouting Combine, we've got a uh, star-studded list of players to announce the rest of the week. So follow us on Twitter, at NFL Draft Bible for that. Again, my co-host, Joe Everett, Justin Gamble, and me, the RIC, and the place to be, Rick Saratella. Telling it like it is when it comes to the NFL Draft since 2002. You already know how we do. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.